Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChampaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Get ready, Vikings Nation. Welcome to Purple and Gold for Days. Where my friend and yours, Mr. Justin Day, dives headfirst into the purple and gold universe, delivering the latest updates and commentary on your favorite team, the Minnesota Vikings. What's going on, everybody? This is Justin from Purple and Gold for Days, and this is a Vikings First and Skull production. What's going on, everybody? It's great to have you with me. The Viking season ended on Sunday with a loss to the Detroit Lions. I predicted that they would lose 38 to 28, so at least I got the 10-point margin part right. But alas, after an up-and-down season where the Vikings start out 0-3, then 1-4, and and then win a bunch of games in a row just to finish with a whimper by losing, what, six out of their last seven? We are 7-10, and eliminated from the playoffs. The Detroit Lions win the division, and the Green Bay Packers sneak in as the seventh seed. I don't know which part of that is the most disgusting. If you already haven't done so, hit the subscribe button on the Vikings First and Skull YouTube page, as well as on Purple and Gold for Days on my YouTube page, as we will have great content all throughout the offseason, during the playoffs, and up to and including the draft, and help us grow this Vikings community. This episode is much of a stream of consciousness for me. It is a reflection on the end of the season, as well as what I think the Vikings ultimately need to do. Mired in mediocrity. Some say, what are you talking about, Justin? The Vikings rarely, if ever, train wreck. Well, I guess it depends on what your definition of mediocre is. I'll give you mine. Mired in mediocrity. What do I mean by that? If your definition of mediocre is just okay, that's kind of mine. Now, I don't see being competitive every year for the division and hoping to get into playoffs as success. That success if your team's level of standard is we rarely, if ever, make the playoffs. The Minnesota Vikings are the team with the highest regular season winning percentage that has not won a championship in the NFL and maybe of all of men's sports. 
I have to look and check and see if that's still the case. But if it's not in all sports, they're right in the top five. Being competitive for the playoffs is not enough for me anymore. I'm 44 years old. In my lifetime, the Vikings have never been to a Super Bowl. I was born a couple years after their last uh, Super Bowl appearance. They've been to five NFC championship games. So roughly every nine years, they have one pop-up season where they get just close enough to break our hearts. 98, 2000, 2009, 2017, and oh, by the way, 1987. Okay, let's break this down. The Vikings rarely ever train wreck for a sustained period of time. Yes, they've had a few seasons here or there where they're three, four, five wins, but they avoid that, which is a good thing. It's never good to consistently be a three-win team. I mean, that's terrible. I'd hate to be a content creator for a team that is constantly mired around horribleness at three or four wins. But at some point, being in the middle isn't all that much better than being bad. I'm not suggesting that I want this team to be bad. Let me make that very, very clear. Because sometimes when I go on these rants, and I decided to wait until the end of the season, I was going to do this rant after the deplorable performance against the Packers. But I said, you know what? I want to wait until the season is over because I don't want people like, oh, you want to tank and this, that, whatever. All right, here's where I'm going with this. This was the 19th season that Ziggy and Mark Wilf have owned this football team since they bought it from Red McCombs. I break down teams into three buckets, six wins or fewer, garbage, 11 wins or more, playoff teams and Super Bowl contenders. And then there's that group in the middle between seven and 10 wins. And yeah, there's very little that separates seven and 10 win teams. So Justin, that's three games. Yeah. Couple of breaks here or there. Couple of injuries here or there. Yeah. If Kirk Cousins hadn't gotten hurt, we probably would have been a 10 win team instead of a seven win team but we'd still be in that same bucket. Maybe we would have got to 11, but what would that have gotten us? It would have gotten us playing Detroit yesterday for the division. As a, And if we don't get the division, we probably get the six or seven seed, obviously. And then most likely have been one and done in the playoffs. Now, if Kirk Cousins hadn't gotten hurt and he had played the entire season with Justin Jefferson not getting hurt, then maybe I would say, okay, they'll probably be an 11 win team. But let's be clear, they were four and four with Kirk Cousins. Now, again, if Justin Jefferson doesn't get hurt, maybe we squeak out one more victory. My point is this going into the season, I said for this season to be any kind of success, if you got to the playoffs and lost in the first round, that's a failed season for me coming off the 13 and four first round exit last year, exiting the first round again this year. Even if we didn't have all of the injuries that we had and all of the turnovers that we had, that to me would not have been success. And in fact, if you had won one playoff game and lost in the divisional round, I still don't necessarily call that a success. Some would say it is because it's an improvement over last year. I'm sorry if I have my standards set too high, but raise your standards a little bit. Yes, getting to the NFC championship game, I would have called a successful season. Why? Number one, because you hadn't been there since you brought in Kirk Cousins, which is kind of what he was brought in here for. We'll get back to that in a second. And no, this is not an anti-Kirk rant before <laughs> my guy Dave from Minnesota Sports Talk comes in here. Oh, here you go, blaming Kirk Cousins for everything again. But my point is this. We need to raise our standards for success as a fan base. Being a team that doesn't get eliminated until the last or second to last week of the regular season or going one and done in the playoffs, to me, is not successful. Of course, I want to see my team win. 
mantra is I just want to see one Super Bowl. I would love to see multiple Super Bowls, but I'll just take one at this point. I was all, when somebody asked me, how bad do you want to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl? I said this as a Minnesota sports fan of all sports, the Wolves, the Wild, the Twins, the Vikings, the Lynx, Minnesota Golden Gophers. Here's two scenarios. Scenario one, the Minnesota Vikings go 17 and 0 for two straight seasons, two straight and win two Super Bowls. However, the Twins will be 100 loss seasons, both seasons. The Wolves will be 10 wins, both seasons. The Wild will be. 20 wins both season. The Minnesota Golden Gopher football team and basketball team will not win a game. The Lynx will win 10 games or fewer. So in other words, the Vikings will be undefeated two years and everybody else will be garbage. Or option B, the Vikings will go 0-17 for two seasons, but everybody else wins championships. The Twins win two World Series. The Wild win two Stanley Cups. The Wolves win two NBA Finals. The Lynx win two WNBA Finals. The Gopher football and basketball team win two national championships. If those were my two options, I'm taking two Super Bowls for the Vikings and everybody else sucks. That's how much I love the Vikings above everybody else. I would take them winning two titles and everybody else being garbage over... What would that be? Wolves, Wild, Twins, Gophers, Gophers, Lynx. That would be 12 titles versus two. I'd rather take the two if the two are the Vikings. I want to see this team win a Super Bowl before I die. And at the end of the day, getting back to my three tiers of six wins or fewer, seven to 10 wins, and 11 wins or more, after 19 seasons of owning this team, the Minnesota Vikings, under the ownership of the Wilfs, have only had four seasons of six wins or fewer. So you say right off the bat, well, okay. That's what, 15 seasons where you're not a train wreck. They've also only had four seasons of 11 wins or more. That's 11 seasons of 7 to 10 wins. And that's exactly what the Wills want. They want to be relevant. It's like playing in a poker tournament where you got a four or five day tournament. The first couple of days, people get eliminated and they lose their money, right? And by the middle of the third day or the middle of the fourth day, that last person gets eliminated and now everybody that's left is quote in the money where they're going to get some money for getting as far as they've gotten. Okay. So for the rest of the people that are eliminated on day four, they make their entry feedback. They make a little bit of profit, but if you get to that final table, well, now you're making some profit. And if heaven forbid you actually win the tournament, you make millions upon millions of dollars. The Wilfs are playing poker tournaments where their entire strategy is to make sure they don't get eliminated before they at least get into the money. They do everything possible to make sure that they're not a train wreck team, which on the surface isn't a horrible thing. But by doing so, you also limit your ability to have sustained success. This team has not been to the playoffs in back-to-back seasons since 2008 and 2009 under Brad Childress. Okay, let's think about that for a second. Leslie Frazier never went to the playoffs twice. Granted, he only had three years. Mike Zimmer never went to the playoffs in back-to-back seasons. And obviously, this is only second year of KOC. He's had one playoff season, one not. So my point is this. Yeah, the Wilfs are so deathly afraid of being eliminated around Thanksgiving or the first week of December that they do everything in their power. Rick's, it doesn't matter who the general manager is. Everybody wants to say, what's Quazy going to do? What did Rick Spielman do? What are the coaches' inputs going to be? Their coaches' inputs and the GM's inputs don't matter 
because they have a directive from the ownership group. Make no mistake about that, ladies and gentlemen. The Wilfs had multiple opportunities to change course, and they didn't. Let's go through the Rick Spielman era real quick, particularly with Mike Zimmer. You were 5 and 11, excuse me, 5, 10 and 1 when Zimmer took over. Then you went 7 and 9, 11 and 5, 8 and 8, 13 and 3, 8, 7 and 1, 10 and 6, and then 7 and 9 and 8 and 9. You went to the NFC Championship game. You bring in Kirk Cousins. And I agreed with the move at the time. And in hindsight, I still agree with the move. You went to the NFC Championship game with the best defense in the NFL. You had Case Keenum, who was a journeyman backup, who was on a magic carpet ride in 2017. And it was the time to push all the chips in. Now they signed Kirk Cousins to $84 million fully guaranteed, but it was only for three years. And what they pitched us was, hey, if this doesn't work after two seasons, we have an out. We didn't just sign them up for six years fully guaranteed. We have an out here. And after they lost that divisional round game to the San Francisco 49ers in 2019, that window was closed. But the Wolves are like, no, 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 no. Our window's not closed. We're going to keep pushing forward. So what did they do? They re-signed Kirk Cousins to an extension to free up some cap space. They didn't take into account that their defense had completely eroded so much so that they let go of all three of their starting cornerbacks, Xavier Rhodes, Trey Waynes, and Mackenzie Alexander. And their big offseason move was to sign and trade, excuse me, trade for Yannick Ngakwe. You spent a second round pick for Yannick Ngakwe. That was their big move. Did they know that Daniil Hunter was going to have a tweak, as Mike Zimmer called it? No, they didn't know that. But going into the season, all they did was bring in one additional pass rusher and figured, well, these young cornerbacks that we drafted, Mike Hughes, Jeff Gladney, et al., we, we, they can be just as good as what Xavier Rhodes was because Xavier Rhodes had fallen off. And then we went 7-9. and nine. And then the next season, granted that 2020 season was the COVID season, and again, that was the perfect time to hit the reset button. Why? Because fans weren't in the stadium. So they, everybody was losing money that year. And let's be clear about this. Why do the Wills want to be relevant? Because they're afraid if they get eliminated early or you're pretty much out of the playoffs, the fans are going to stop showing up, buying beers and concessions and jerseys and everything else. And I don't begrudge them that. They're billionaires for a reason. They make shrewd business decisions. And what do all billionaires want? More billions. Go figure. I don't begrudge them that. But what I'm saying to them is this. If all you're ever going to do is make sure you're not a bad team, you will never be a great team. That's just the reality. Now, am I suggesting that the Vikings go full-on tank mode? No, I'm not, because I would hate that, and that's not at all what I'm suggesting. But what I am suggesting more than anything is you need to stop with the route you have gone down because you have gotten nowhere with it. Yes, you've gone to the playoffs a couple of times. Yes, you've been to two NFC Championship games, one on the back of Brett Favre and one on the back of a great defense and we all know defenses can't be held together for, for forever. Now, I'm going to say something that the Kirk stands are going to hate. But let me be clear, this is not about Kirk. The Kirk Cousins experiment, as unfair as it is to label Kirk Cousins the actual experiment, but regardless, that's what happens when you sign an $84 million deal. The Kirk Cousins experiment has been nothing short of an abject failure. Yeah, I said it. It's been a failure, ladies and gentlemen. You were coming off an NFC Championship game, missed the playoffs, losing the divisional round, missed playoffs, missed playoffs, losing the wild card round, missed playoffs. Is it all his fault? No, it's not all his fault. It is the fault of the general manager having horrendous drafts since 2015. It is the new general manager that 
through his first couple of drafts have been incomplete at best. We're not going to overlook the fact that he brought in Jordan Addison. That is one in the plus column, but Lewisine kind of negates that as well as the trade back where you didn't get enough value in return for. You signed a whole lot of veteran players to expensive contracts because you were trying to keep the window open. And I get it for 2018 and 19. But once 2019 hit, that was the time to say, you know what? It's time to trade off pieces while we can still can get some value for them. And it's time to not give bloated contracts to aging veterans. But that's not what the Wolves said to do. They said, no, we're keeping this team together and we're going to keep pushing. We're just one or two pieces away. We were never one or two pieces away in 2020 as evident by the seven and nine. I don't care about all the late quarter, uh, fourth quarter collapses by the defense. You were never that close. You certainly weren't in 2021. And as much as we want to not listen to this, we it was unfair this time last year for the Viking season at 13 and four and first round exit to be labeled as a fluke. It's not a fluke until you have the results of the next season. And if you repeat your success the next season, then it's not a fluke. And if you don't repeat it, then it is. Well, we can now say that last year, 2022, was a fluke. So since you've had Kirk Cousins, and it's not all his fault, again, you signed Thielen, you signed Diggs, you signed Anthony Barr, which you should have never done. With all due respect to my guy Rap, Dalvin Cook, a handful of other players. You had, you've always been bargain bin shopping in free agency because you haven't had a whole lot of cap room, but you've also had a lot of holes. Yes, Kirk Cousins is capable of covering up some holes on this team, but not all of them. Not all of them. He is a top 10 quarterback. He's a very, very good quarterback. But yeah, he, he he's train wreck proof if he stays healthy. And that's exactly what the Wilfs want. They want to make sure that we don't train wreck. And that is not enough for me anymore. I'm sorry. It just isn't. So when I look at this team, I look at this defense and I say, what the heck do we have defensively? We probably are not going. I don't know if we're going to have Daniel Hunter back or not, but even if we do have Daniel Hunter back, what else do we got on defense? We got nothing on the defensive line. We need at least one pass rusher. We need a run stuffing, big fat belly guy in the middle. Because with all due respect, Harrison Phillips is a nice solid rotational piece, but he's not a starting defensive tackle in a 4-3 or a 3-4. Linebackers, okay, Jordan Hicks is now a free agent. Yeah, you got Ivan Pace, but what else do you got? You got Byron Murphy, Mackay Blackman at corner, but you know Booth is up and down. Caleb Evans, up and down. And by the way... Harrison Smith's not going to, that was Harrison Smith's last game with the Vikings yesterday. It might be his last game period, but it's his last game as the Vikings with the Vikings. Brian Flores has done an amazing job to get this defense to where it is 13th in scoring. That's an incredible accomplishment for the 31st ranked defense last year, 17th in total yards. The problem is, is he had a whole lot of good games and a whole lot of bad games that average out to be in the middle. You know, if you get an a plus in the first quarter of your semester of class, whatever, and an F minus, and you get a C average. Oh, C, you know, you got a C. You got a passing grade. Okay. But this defense, at the end of the day, what do we got? Yeah. Okay. We got Bynum and Mattels. By the way, Mattels looked terrible yesterday. <laughs> Let's just be clear. Mattels was not good yesterday. A lot of the defense wasn't. Offensively, yeah, you got JJ. You got Addison. Hopefully, TJ Hawkinson back. You still got a decent pair of tackles, but you have to make a decision at the quarterback. So let's talk about that here real quick. I've said it a million times. I think Kirk Cousins is a good, not great quarterback. If Kirk Cousins wants market value, the answer is absolutely not. 
You cannot give Kirk Cousins market value and expect to be able to fill all the holes on this team. And even if you do have Kirk Cousins back, and even if he does recover fully from that Achilles injury, which is a big if, he can only do so much. Yeah, he could make you a playoff contender. Can he make you a Super Bowl contender with the way this roster is constructed right now? No, I'm sorry. He can't. That's not a bad on him. That's just the reality. It's funny what the Kirk stands will say. Well, last year he went 13 and four with the 31st ranked defense. Isn't it funny how when it's to the positive, it's Kirk Cousins did this. And when it's to the negative, it's a team game. Losing in the first round of the playoffs. Well, it's a team game. The defense was terrible. Yes, it was. He still checked it down on fourth and eight. Oh, but the 13 and four, that's all Kirk Cousins, right? No, the defense as garbage as it was in 2022. They came up with some clutch plays. Again, that's uh, Colts game that I took my daughter to. First game I ever took with her um, and somebody very special to me and her son were there too. Both of those kids, it was their first game. Great comeback. You can only have a comeback like that if your defense gives up uh, nothing. They gave up three points in the second half. So they get credit too. What I'm saying is this. This team has so many holes and we've been covering up our holes with duct tape for so long that at some point you have to rip the Band-Aid off. If you're going to get out of mediocrity and yes, it would be great if the Minnesota Vikings could become a Super Bowl contender by staying and pushing through mediocrity up to greatness. But haven't we seen that song and dance a bazillion times with lucky landslots? You can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved. We are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I don't know everybody's age here. I only know mine. I know a handful of others. But for our entire lifetimes, the Vikings have been mired in mediocrity. Sometimes you have to take a step back. Does that mean I'm saying tank? No. What I am saying, what I said during the season, we started off 1-4 and after starting off 0-3. And at that point, you had no margin for error, which is why you missed the playoffs by a game. You missed the playoffs by a game. Would you have done anything if you're going to Dallas? No. Do I think the Packers have a chance of beating Dallas? No. Well, they got a chance, but I don't think they will. But my point is, at some point, accept the fact that it's okay to take a step back. That doesn't mean I'm saying I hope the Vikings are bad for five years. Apparently, if you suggest taking a step back, which is not the same as tanking, that makes you a bad fan. No, what makes you a bad fan, in my opinion, is accepting being in the middle. And guess what? Yes, there are times where the middle looks great. And there are times where the middle gets stagnant. And it's just like, don't you want more? I posed this question a million times. If I told you for two years the Vikings would be garbage, and then in the third year they'd be back to mediocrity, and then in the fourth, fifth, and sixth year they'd have three trips to the NFC Championship game, two trips to the Super Bowl, and at least one one of those Super Bowls, wouldn't those two bad years be worth it? Because to me it wouldn't be. But for some it's not. 
And that's why the Wilfs won't change because a lot of Vikings fans will not be okay with taking a year or two back and are perfectly content being mediocre and just hoping we get into the playoffs. And if I hear one more person talk about the Giants being a nine win team and going to the Super Bowl and winning it, or the Packers and Steelers being 10 win teams, okay, three out of 56 Super Bowls have been won by teams that have won 11 games or fewer. Every other Super Bowl team, well, maybe back in the 60s and maybe back in the 70s, there might have been a 10 win team. I don't think so. But my point is, is that in the modern area, in my lifetime, the 10 and six Steelers of 2005, the 10 and six Packers in 2010, and the nine and seven Giants in 2011. Those are the only teams that have won a Super Bowl with 11 wins or fewer. By the way, all three of those teams had Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Kirk Cousins, good, not great. He's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. Sorry, Kirk Stans, he's not. Now, maybe if he plays for another four years and accumulates some more stats, he'll get voted in the Hall of Fame. My point is, is he's not at the level. Well, Kirk Cousins is better than Eli Manning. No, he's not. He's a better regular season quarterback than Eli Manning, but he's certainly not a better playoff quarterback than Eli Manning. And by the way, that Pittsburgh team had an outstanding defense. We don't have an outstanding defense. That Packers team, yeah, Aaron Rodgers wasn't Jedi Knight Aaron Rodgers that he became the next year and beyond. He was a good, very good quarterback, kind of like where Cousins is now. But that Packers defense was outstanding. And here's the thing. The Packers in 2010, we talk about all these one-score victories that we had and all these one-score losses that we had this year, right? The Packers in 2010 never trailed by more than seven points. They were never down two possessions. They were always in the game. And you can say the same thing about the way. Well, we're always in the game. Like, yeah, but you're talking about an era where you still had Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger and a whole bunch of other slew of Hall of Fame quarterbacks. And the Packers got hot at the right time. But realistically, they were a better than 10 and 6 team. Th- those six, lo- again, they never trailed by more than seven points. So all I'm saying is this, just because it has happened for those three teams doesn't mean, oh, that's all you need to do is just get into the dance and anything can happen. Well, yeah, any given Sunday, but you want to rely on that year in and year out? No. So what the Vikings should have done after Kirk Cousins got injured and they were four and four, they should have traded away Daniel Hunter and got a late first, early second round pick for him. Just if you don't bring him back, then you let him walk for nothing. Same thing, KJ Osborne. They should have done what they did with Ezra Cleveland, but they should have done it with more. But no, we just beat the 49ers and we're slowing down our turnovers. Well, that didn't last but a couple of weeks, did it? Well, that's Josh Dubbs and that's Nick Mullins. Well, that's all you had because you didn't have Kirk coming back. And by the way, saw a great tweet from uh, Kevin Seifert. He's like, if the Vikings had lost to the New Orleans Saints, that game where we got out the gates early up 27 to three and then barely hung on, if they had lost that game, two things would have happened. Number one, the Vikings would have the number six overall pick and would be within striking distance of a guy like Drake May, who's the guy I want more than anybody. I'll get more into that in later shows during the offseason as to what I would give for Drake May and, and what I would do with the draft strategy. But the other thing, too, is if the Vikings had lost that Saints game, the Packers would not be in the playoffs. So anybody who says, no, you always play to win. I hope that three-hour sugar high was worth the Packers getting into the playoffs and worth having the 11th pick instead of the six. I'm not saying you go out there and try to lose as players and coaches. I'm not saying that. I'm saying ostensibly as fans, sometimes short-term pain for long-term gain is the route to go. That could be on the football field, as an organization, in life. You know, if you've got 
$10,000 worth of credit card debts because you've been living a certain lifestyle and then you know, you lose your job and then you take a different job where you make less money. Sometimes you have to change your spending habits and you have to go through a year or two where you don't go out for steak dinners once a week. You don't take your kids on elaborate vacations two, three times a year. And you say, you know what, guys, we're going to cut back on our spending until we get our debts paid off. And once we get our debts paid off and we start saving some money, then we'll go back to living on the hog. And that's what I have suggested that the Vikings do, but they never do that. They spend beyond their means. They do all these contracts with void years and pushing money down the road. And ultimately, they're always in a salary cap mess. And for the first time this upcoming offseason, the Vikings are finally in the black. Why? Because they got rid of Kendricks. They got rid of Thielen. They got rid of Dalvin Cook. And they took all of those lumps in the 2023 cap. But they still got like 50-some million dollars of dead money if Kirk Cousins isn't brought back. Anyway, as far as Kirk Cousins goes, there was this uh, report today where he came out and said, yeah, I'm happy to take a team-friendly discount because I've, the God has blessed me to make a lot of money a lot of money, and all this other stuff. Here's what I'm going to say to that. Kirk Cousins' market value is $45 million. With his injury, you could say it's about 40 Even an injured coming off an Achilles, Kirk Cousins is worth the same amount of money as Daniel Jones' $40 million is. So to me, if he says, yeah, I'll play for 40 that's not a team-friendly deal. Is it a slight discount? Yes. If he says 35 no. I would give him a two-year, fifty to fifty-five million dollar extension if I had to. That's it. Why? Because for the two years, you also have to add ten million dollars on a salary cap with all the d- dead money that they pushed in these void years. So, to me, I don't think Kirk Cousins would take that let much of a discount. He can say what he wants. Of course, he's going to say that in the media. He's not going to come out in the media and say, "Yeah, no, I want my. I'm I'm here to get paid." Of course, he's not going to say that. No, nobody would be silly enough to do that. I want to move on, and I'm willing to accept that we might have to take one step back in order to take two steps forward. But I, I, I don't think Kirk is going to take that kind of a deal. And so where does it leave us with the Wills? Well, Kwesi has said, yeah, we would, wouldn't mind Kirk coming back, but it's got to be at the right price. And one thing that Tyler from Vikings First and Skull said on his show uh, earlier today, or maybe it was yesterday on the postgame show, talking about Kirk, the Wilfs might finally be willing to listen to a general manager say, hey, we need to take this in a different direction because a few, you know, now he's going to be 36 starting next season. And in previous iterations, he was 32, 34, et cetera. Right. And I certainly hope so. I certainly hope that Ziggy and Mark are willing to say, you know what? All of these years, we've made a bucket load of money and I don't begrudge them that, but it's time to bring a championship here. I'm not interested in being competitive for a division championship. I am interested in being competitive for a Super Bowl championship. Aren't you? Yes. As I said, it would be great if we could just go 10 and 7 for a couple of years and then just keep building on that from where we're at without having to take a couple step backs. That would be great. That would be ideal. But we have seen over the course of the last four decades that that hasn't happened. Yeah. Sometimes you have to take a step back in order to take two steps forward. And I'm not afraid of such things. And yeah, those would be some pretty lean years and it would make content creation a little more difficult. But guess what? For any money that the Wilfs might lose in having a down season or two by not 
having the stands full in December because the team's already been eliminated from the playoffs and they're selling tickets to other fan bases and whatever else you're going to make that money back in spades. If the Vikings have a three to four year window of sustained success where they are in fact competing for appearing in and dare I say, winning a Super Bowl, you're going to make that money back. In fact, you'll probably make more. So all I'm saying is I'm kind of done being in the middle. I'm kind of done being this team that's, oh, what a cute little club. And, hey, they don't train wreck. They don't suck. They're not the Detroit Lions. Funny, the Detroit Lions tanked two years ago, and look at where they're at right now. And they're still ascending. Funny, when Quasi Dofa Mensa was hired two seasons ago, and Poles was from Chicago. What did Poles do? He tore it down, and he started to build it back up. You're going to tell me that right now you think the Vikings are still ahead of where the Bears are? Because I don't. Yeah, Justin Fields hasn't completely proven himself to be a perfect, reliable quarterback. I'm not saying that Justin Fields has got it all figured out. He's nowhere. He's not anywhere where uh, Jordan Love is, certainly not anywhere where Jared Goff is, but he's a lot better than he was this time last year. That team is a lot better than it was last year, and they have the number one overall pick and another top 10 pick. Why? Because last year they were in a position having the number one overall pick traded back eight slots still got what they wanted and now they have more draft capital to spend i'm not saying it would have been fun to be covering a team and doing content on a team as gosh awful as the bears were in 2022 but it might be worth it i don't know what kirk cousins price is going to be what i do know is kirk cousins history And I don't begrudge him that either. As I have always said, players, you don't make nearly the amount of money that the owners do. So you get every penny that you can get. Okay. Get every penny you can get. I'm not saying that Kirk Cousins owes the Vikings to take a discount. I'm just saying that with where this team is at, with how many needs they have and how much money they don't have, if you're not willing to come down on your asking price, I'm going to have to say goodbye. And again, I'd say goodbye no matter what. Because I just think it's time. Because what did Kirk Cousins? What does Kirk Cousins do? He keeps you train wreck proof. I don't want another seven win season next year. I don't want a four win season either. But if that four win season next year leads us to having sustained success by allowing us to hit the reset button on the salary cap, pay off all of those void years, get some younger players in here. And yes, the draft is a crapshoot. And yes, people will say, "Well, do you trust Quazy?" This that that isn't the point. What I know with almost absolute certainty is if you bring Cousins back and then you re-sign JJ and then you got to put some money aside for Christian Darisaw, that doesn't leave you a whole lot to fix the rest of the stuff on the roster. So whether you take a quarterback with your first pick or whether you trade up or not, if you want to bring in a bridge quarterback for cheap, fine. I'm willing to accept that. Heck, as much as this will sound crazy on the front end and stick with me here, I'd rather draft a quarterback and I'd rather just go with Nick Mullins. And why I say that isn't because I think Nick Mullins is the answer. I think that Nick Mullins would be a guy that, all right, you play that season out with him while you let your other guy develop. And then you reset the rest of the roster and you get rid of your bloated contracts with aging veterans. And then in 2025, Instead of having $30 million of cap space to spend, you got 80 or $90 million of cap space to spend. Well, if you're a bad team, nobody's going to want to come here. Baloney. That's a bologna sandwich, as my daughter would say. And for, you know, for, if you don't have kids, bologna sandwich is what kids play when they're playing BS. Obviously, you don't want to have a bunch of kids yelling the real BS, so they say bologna sandwich. Anyway, money talks and a bologna sandwich walks. If you got $90 million worth of cap space, 
players will come here. You still have Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison. And theoretically, you'll have a young up-and-coming quarterback. We see two of them on display here in this championship game. So, no, I'm not afraid to move on, rip off the Band-Aid, and go in a different direction. Because the direction we've been heading in, by and large, for my lifetime, is just the same old, same old. Once every nine to ten years, we get to an NFC championship game, we get our hearts ripped out. And, yeah, maybe if that 98 or the 09 team or both, maybe if one of those teams had actually won a Super Bowl, my attitude would be different. But as it stands, they didn't. So this is what it is. I want a higher standard for our fans. I want a higher standard for our team than just being content. And, yes, I'm sorry, 7 to 10 wins is mediocre. Even if you get a 10-win season, you lose in the first round. That's, that's mediocre. You don't get out of mediocrity unless you – the divisional round of the playoffs is where you start to call yourself a success. Now, yes, if the Detroit Lions, for example, win their playoff game against the Rams, that's a success for them because they haven't had a playoff victory in Pert near 30 years. We should have higher standards than that. We should demand more for our team than that. So, oh, the Wills want a championship, but they favor being. Yes, let me be clear. I am not saying that the Wills don't want to win a championship. Just to be clear, and I'm not, you know, expounding you, Dave. What I am saying is this, though. Their desire to win a championship is slightly less than their desire to not be bad. Their desire to not be bad is greater than anything else. Uh, So let me be clear. I'm not saying the Wills are bad owners, and I'm not saying that they're cheap owners. Red McCombs was a cheap son of a gun. After he realized he was never going to get a new stadium, he cut costs left and right until he sold the team. He stripped it down to the bare minimum. Yes, he re-signed Moss and Culpepper. That's the only money he actually paid out. I am not saying that the Wolves go in that bucket because they certainly don't. But what I'm saying is their mindset is objective number one, don't ever be bad. Objective number two, try to win a championship. It should be objective one, try to win a championship, and if at all possible, don't have train wreck seasons. But to the extent that it is necessary to occasionally have a down season in order to give yourself a much better chance of winning a championship, that's what your mindset should be. But they run it as a business. They run it as a business. But I will say this. The Vikings were – Phil Mackey said this, and whether you love Phil Mackey or love Score North or not, he made a good point. And, you know, the Kirk stands will disagree with this. But in the four years that Mike Zimmer used Teddy Bridgewater – and Sam Bradford and Case Keenum, they were closer to winning a Super Bowl than at any point in the six years of Kirk Cousins. Why? Does that mean I'm saying it's Kirk's fault? No, I'm not saying it's his fault. What I'm saying is that your overall roster was constructed better. Let's circle back in time there. Everyone want to talk about, well, Justin, you're being too hard on this team. That was 7-10 and 10 this year. We lost our starting quarterback in the middle of the season. Didn't we lose our starting quarterback after week one of 2017, a team that went 13 and three and went to the NFC championship? Oh, that's right. They did. And what happened? You had a competent backup because you could go out and spend $3 million on Case Keenum because you had salary cap space. And what happened the year before? Oh, that's right. You've been building up this team on a rookie quarterback contract and Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater's knee literally explodes. And then you trade for a $12 million quarterback in Sam Bradford and you didn't miss a beat. Why? Because at the beginning of this Rick Spielman slash Mike Zimmer era in 2014, they were very good on how they spent their salary cap money. They brought in free agents, Linville Joseph, as one example. Latavius Murray as another example, Case Keenum as another example, but they had really good drafts and they were good at developing their draft picks. So you had a lot of guys on cheap contracts. 2017, 
Harrison Smith had his money at that point, but Xavier Rhodes didn't get his money till 2018, I believe. Diggs and Thielen were on rookie contracts. Dalvin was on a rookie contract, albeit he only played four games. Uh, Kendricks and Barr were on rookie contracts. So, yeah, part of it is the drafting and the terrible drafting that Rick Spielman did. So, no, I'm not putting it all on Kirk, but all I'm saying is this roster was better constructed without Kirk Cousins taking up the money he did. Does that mean I'm saying he's overpaid? No, well, it's not about overpaid. It's about what can you do with the rest of your roster. So all I'm saying is look at the first four years of Mike Zimmer where you won the division, should have gone to the division around at minimum, if not for Blair Walsh. You would have then gone to Arizona that the Packers took to overtime. So, yeah, you could have. And by the way, we had played Arizona in Arizona earlier that season. We were in the game until a last-second strip sack. I'm not saying that 2015 they were poised to win the Super Bowl, but they were in a position to, to do some damage had Blair Walsh not missed. And having said all that, just look at the first four years of Zimmer and how close they were to winning the Super Bowl good, bad, or indifferent, and compare that to the last six years of Kirk Cousins. It's not even close. You've had one playoff victory, and then you got smoked in the divisional round of the playoffs. Smoked. So with all that said, do I honestly think that the Wilfs are going to make any different choices that they have before? Probably not. Their business model has made them a lot of money in the last 19 years, and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. As I said during the episode, I'm just saying I hope at some point they figure out a way to see the forest for the trees and see that the way they've done it is good for business, and it's good to just get to the playoffs. But outside of a couple of pop-up years here and there, it isn't good to have a sustained opportunity to win a Super Bowl. Programming note, please join Vikings First and Skull on YouTube at 6.05 Central Time tonight for the Real Forno Show, and join me at 8.15 Central Time on Purple and Gold for Days for the Thursday Talkers. Thank you kindly, as always, for joining me. And for now, Skull to the next episode and if the elevator brings you down go crazy and punch a higher floor you're listening to purple and gold for days a vikings first and skull production hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Vikings First and Skull is part of the Fans First Sports Network. Thanks for listening.